0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla not only meets but exceeds their delivery estimates for Q2. Plus, Tesla aces an important test in Europe, updates on Tesla's legal battles in North Carolina and Wisconsin, and more. Hey friends, welcome to the 205th edition of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast, this one for July 7th, 2019. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I want to wish a happy 4th of July weekend to my United States listeners. Uh, it's been a nice sunny one here in San Francisco, although 4th of July night itself was foggy and windy and cold, which is nothing new, but it's uh, still a beautiful day, which is, which is great to have, very grateful for it. And I have to say, I thought, because of the 4th of July holiday falling on Thursday this year, a lot of places just closing up Shop Friday, making for a very, very short business week, I thought, oh, you know, there, there might not be a lot to talk about in the world of Tesla this week, but no such, no such worry, I, it was all worry for naught, because uh, as I've learned in almost four years of doing this podcast now, there is almost never a dull week in the world of Tesla. And sure enough, there was plenty to talk about uh, this week. Most of it good. Let's start with the most fantastic news of all, which is Tesla's Q2 production and delivery numbers. You know, if you go way back, remember, Elon had said uh, in the wake of the price cuts and the $35,000 Model 3, you know, that whole sort of turbulent time around late February up into March, he had said, hey, Q2, you know, we're, we're going to be in the red. We're going to be, uh, we're not going to be profitable in Q1. We probably won't be in Q2, but we should get back to profitability in Q3 and Q4. Well, it's too early yet to know about profitability, but Tesla's got a really, really good chance at it because their Q2 numbers are tremendous. In fact, they blew away expectations Tesla is saying, quote, In the second quarter, we achieved record production of 87,048 vehicles and record deliveries of approximately 95,200 vehicles. In addition, we made significant progress streamlining our global logistics and delivery operations at higher volumes, enabling cost efficiencies and improvements to our working capital position. In other words, money. Money. Orders generated during the quarter exceeded our deliveries, thus we are entering Q3 with an increase in our order backlog. We believe we are well positioned to continue growing total production and deliveries in Q3. Customer vehicles in transit at the end of the quarter were over 7,400 due to the order to VIN matching process we described in our Q1 2019 shareholder letter, which we extended to Model S and Model X in Q2 to improve process efficiency, this metric has become less relevant. As a result, we do not plan to disclose the customer vehicles in transit metric going forward. So that was the extent of Tesla's statement. Now, the breakdown of the deliveries, 17,650 of them, are Model S's and Model X's. That's combined, not each. So that's about 18% of the Q2 cars. The rest of them, the other 82% Model 3's, it's 77,550 Model 3's. Well, uh, no surprise on the mix itself, that, you know, basically four to one ratio there. And now, as I mentioned, now we wait and see if indeed Tesla will end up in the black for Q2. We probably won't know that until the day of the earnings report, which is likely to be in early August or about one month from now if history holds. And I have to say, I'm looking at the calendar and we've got a family vacation coming up around that time. (laughs) And I'm just looking going, I know those, it's gonna happen. The earnings call is gonna happen during the week I'm gone. I just know it. But I'll worry about that later if it if indeed it comes to fruition. But yes, uh, it would appear that Tesla's got a very very good chance of being profitable this quarter, heading into by the way what should be a pretty strong Q3 and Q4, because Model 3 production not only continues to inch upwards in Fremont, as far as you know those weekly production numbers. But in Q3, Q4, you've also got Gigafactory 3 come due to come online in Shanghai and begin producing cars. And production and delivery logistics continue to improve, which you, you heard Tesla note in their report there. And also, if you remember last week, when Elon Musk said that he was spending his birthday working on how to make those logistics better. So he is tackling the problem head on. It is clearly a focus for them to try and improve that those efficiencies and thus deliver more cars and make more money. Also, Tesla was profitable in Q3 and Q4 last year, which doesn't guarantee anything, but it certainly bodes well heading in, you know, eventually towards the holiday season. And, uh, Q4 will be the very end, the final, final, very end of any tax credit, any federal tax credit whatsoever here in the United States, again, barring any legislative action that takes place, it's you know whether between now and then or at some point in the future to reinstate it. But we have to assume for now that the the program will remain as is, and thus uh, Tesla will be able to say to prospective buyers in Q4, hey, this is your last chance to get any kind of federal tax incentive on on our cars at all, so jump in now's the time. But um, you know, I think the difference this year, you know, Q3 and Q4 were both profitable last year. It took a major push in Q3 and they got there and then they were able to get there again in Q4 of 2018. But to me, the difference, the key difference this year, aside from that stuff I mentioned, is the existence of the standard range plus model. Now pardon me if I'm repeating myself from a previous show here, but I personally believe that we haven't even really started to see the tremendous positive effect that the standard range plus variant is going to have on the bottom line for Tesla in the second half of this year and certainly well into the future because as I think I've mentioned on the podcast before I've had a couple of co-workers buy standard range plus models already and the cars have only been out for those cars have only been around for a quarter and I've already got just you know I know it's I know it's a just my little bubble, but two co-workers buying them. And I think when you just kind of look at it, you just take a look at it and it's like, well, when word gets around, since Tesla doesn't advertise, so <laughs> word will have to kind of organically get around that, hey, Tesla's got a $40,000 car that's actually really good value, 240 miles of range, mostly the same interior as the higher uh, priced trims, you know, it's the, the vegan leather seats, not cloth. You remember the standard, the standard range was originally set to have cloth seats and then it just never happened. So, you know, you've got ni- the same nice seats that you do in the higher version, higher trim of the car. Uh, basic autopilot is included in the standard range plus. So this, the, the SR plus is such a tremendous value that again, I, I just think as word gets around, People are just going to be buying the heck out of standard range plus cars, or they might look at them and then end up maybe upgrading and buying a long range car. And either way, they're going to get into a Tesla and and having that $40,000 version. That's actually good. That's actually desirable and not just a way to get you to look at the more expensive models. I just see, I think we're going to see a huge, uh, ripple effect there as time goes on. Uh, anyway. Take note of that last item from Tesla, by the way, 7,400 cars in transit, and those cars will be counted in Q3, which starts now. So that's a good start for this quarter. 7,400 cars is a lot, but, uh, that is evidently the last time that we're ever going to officially hear about the number of cars in transit at the end of the quarter, as Tesla says they no longer intend to report that figure well uh i guess it's one of those things it kind of like the reservation numbers for model three and for that matter order numbers for model y where tesla must feel that that the number if they were to give it out would be used against them in some form or another you know i mean hey the shorts who by the way got uh they felt the pain on uh when tesla's stock popped big time after they, they really beat those delivery estimates. But, you know, the shorts, the Fudsters, those people, those folks are going to take any number, any number that Tesla puts out and try and spin it against Tesla in a negative way. So I guess I can't necessarily blame Tesla for not disclosing that anymore. I mean, I think in general, more transparency is better. But if if that transparency is just going to be used in a, in a evil way, then okay, sure, I, I'm, I'm on board with them not disclosing it. Um, and although that aside, not to just make it all about shorts and fudsters, I guess if I try to think about it outside of that, it still does make sense in a way because the fact of the matter is Tesla will always, they'll always have a certain number of cars in transit at the end of every quarter. So you might as well just eliminate that metric from the discussion each quarter because it's just always there. So there's not necessarily, it it doesn't really vary quarter to quarter. It's not there some quarters and not there some others. So um, on the topic, by the way, of these record earnings, or pardon me, not record, (laughs) hopefully record earnings when we get there, but record production and deliveries, let me go now to a call from Saranj in the North Bay here in California, who wants to talk about the Model S and Model X portion of those delivery numbers. Saranj, you're on the air.
1: Hi Ryan, it's Saranj from the North Bay. With Tesla achieving new delivery and production records, I wanted to ask you whether you believe part of these record sales can be attributed to the Raven update for the Model S and X. Do you think that this surge in sales is partially from existing owners upgrading to the new Raven cars? And if so, do you believe that when the fully refreshed Model S and X do come out, that will lead to an even greater record sales quarter? Thank you.
0: Hi, Saranj, thanks for the call. Well, the good news here is that I don't think that these big Q2 production delivery numbers really were impacted by those Raven updates to the S and the X at all. Uh, as you heard just a moment ago, there, the SNX combined numbers for the quarter were only 17,650 of the 95,200 cars delivered, or about 18%. Although it is worth noting, I suppose, that Raven cars were only started to get delivered to customers at the very end of May, or roughly halfway through the quarter. But still, Those overall numbers of SX versus three, to me, they suggest that the the major Q2 success here uh, is not a one-time bump from the Raven refresh. I think we'd see the S and X uh, mix be a lot higher in that overall number if that had been the case. Now, I do think a full-blown S and or X refresh will definitely generate a ton of existing owners to upgrade. I think that will totally happen. Now, whether it's enough to make for an all-time record quarter for Tesla when, when combined with Model 3 sales, whenever that time comes around, remains to be seen. But yeah, I think there's an extremely good chance because we've seen time and again over the years that, that Tesla owners, uh, they love the, the cars as tech and they will upgrade that tech if presented with a, a really big reason to do so. A lot of the original Tesla owners, particularly like the P85 owners, upgraded to P85D when that was just such a massive step forward. A lot of them upgraded to P100D. Uh, Autopilot 1 uh, necessitated, well, not ne- inspired, I should say. A lot of upgrades from existing owners, as did uh, Autopilot 2 when that rolled around. So yeah, I think if there is a, a major redesign, a major, major update of s uh, and possibly X as well. That, that could definitely drive some serious upgrades. Next up this week, Model 3 getting the top European crash test rating. Uh, this summary comes via Wired magazine. They write, In a new round of testing, the European New Car Assessment Program, or Euro N- uh, NCAP, wa- awarded the Model 3 its highest rating of 5 stars. In crash testing, the Model 3 posted a 96% score for how it protects adults. It got an 86 for keeping kids safe, and 74 for how it treats quote, vulnerable road users like pedestrians. And apparently that last test, Wired notes, involves firing what looks like a half bowling ball intended to simulate a pedestrian's head into the windshield at 25 miles per hour, then examining how the vehicle absorbs the energy of the impact. Anyway, uh, as Wired continues, what stands out in the new European results is not just that the Model 3 can take a beating, but that it can avoid one. Of the six cars that earned five stars, the Model 3 is the only one with a safety assist score over 80%. It got a 94% in that category. It is among the highest scores ever seen on a test in that category. Quote, its collision avoidance assist system is first class, says Matthew Avery, the director of, of research uh, and a Euro NC uh, NCAP board member said in a statement. So, thank you Wired for that report. Now this comes uh, thankfully as no surprise after the US government not too long ago rated the Model 3 as the safest car it had ever tested. But let me be clear here. It's not for me an American to underreport or to uh you know, underrepresent the significance of this result. This is a huge deal for Europe. I mean, this is awesome to see the Model 3 get such great results in its crash testing in Europe. And, because here's the thing, there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of potential customers in Europe who are now going to hear about this in some way, some form, whether in the media or through friends or, or what have you. And those, there are a lot of people that will now consider a tesla in europe where maybe they were wouldn't have before maybe they weren't and didn't plan to you know there's there's just no doubt scores of potential customers who they probably would either didn't hear about the u.s government's awesome crash test ratings for model 3 or they maybe just didn't quite care or didn't quite put as much faith or value in it but now with european uh, with with the NCAP reaching this basically the same conclusions that the U.S. did, that is simply going to promote positive awareness of the Model 3 and of Tesla in general in Europe. So great stuff right there. Speaking of Europe, here's a bit of a strange story. A new law has been passed requiring all future Teslas and indeed all future electric vehicles, which... By the way, in European countries that are banning combustion engine vehicles in the next decade or so, that's going to mean effectively all new cars, not just EVs, because all new cars will be EVs. Uh, the new law will require EVs to emit noises in order to help pedestrian safety. Sounds fine so far, right? Okay, here's the report from Tesla Teslarati. A new EU rule coming into force on Monday requires electric vehicles to be equipped with a pedestrian noisemaker. The new regulations follow concerns that low emission vehicles, such as battery electric cars, are simply too quiet for the road, making them a risk for pedestrians, cyclists, and visually impaired individuals, among others. According to the new ruling, a car's acoustic vehicle alert system must be engaged when reversing or traveling below 12 miles per hour, or which is 19 kilometers an hour. In its ruling, the EU noted that vehicles usually back up or travel at low speeds in areas that are near people, such as city streets or crosswalks, though the new regulations uh, do allow drivers to deactivate their vehicles, pedestrian noisemakers, as necessary. By 2021, the EU noted that all electric vehicles, not just new models coming to the market, must be equipped with an acoustic vehicle alert system. Again, so far so good, right? This sounds a lot like the law that was passed here in the United States, huh? So far. Here's where it gets a bit strange. As Teslarati notes, the ruling mentioned that the noise-emitting devices would give EVs a sound that is similar to a, quote, traditional engine, according to a BBC report. So uh, they want to make electric cars sound like gas cars and my question is this do you really want a crowded downtown european metropolis a hub like a london or a paris to sound like a bunch of internal combustion engine cars because that's where the noise is all going to be concentrated seeing as how the noise emitters only come on at low speeds so it's going to be in traffic and the traffic occurs where down t- in the downtown city hubs. So, you know, it's just going to create a ton of largely unnecessary noise. I'm not saying unnecessary in that we shouldn't have the noisemakers because I get the safety concern, but why do they have to sound like, like antiquated technology that we're all moving on from to me? That just seems like such a short sighted way to do it. Again, I get why it matters from a safety perspective, but having it be an ice sound to me my just sounds like the laziest decision making ever because you've got a clean slate here if you're a regulator clean slate a chance to do something new something better why not go out and talk to audiologists professional sound people that that you know work either with visually impaired people hearing impaired people audiologists, professional folks, and talk to them about what sounds might be good to have these, these cars emit that, that people can hear, but not necessarily commit a ton of noise pollution. Maybe there are certain tones, certain frequencies that can be detected by the ear, but not just generate unnecessary noise pollution. So that's my two cents on it. I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Uh, some good news playing out in North Carolina, thankfully. Uh, this update from North Carolina coming via listener Roland from Wake Forest. So Roland, thank you so much. The Tesla owners North Carolina, uh, the Triangle specifically, the uh, you know the Durham Triangle there, the Tech Triangle. They sent out a post to their members saying. Thank you to all that called, emailed, and sent letters to your representatives. It certainly had an impact bringing awareness, as many were not aware of the true impact the language in the bills had. So, again, North Carolina had it on the table here to uh, ban Tesla. Tesla and NCADA, North Carolina Automobile Dealers Association, went into negotiations recently, and the awareness and feedback from legislators helped with those negotiations. An agreement of new language was arrived at that would not significantly impact Tesla, and both NCADA and Tesla endorsed it. The amended bill passed the North Carolina House and Senate this week and is on its way for signature from the governor. You don't need to do anything additional. Tesla is happy with the negotiated language and will not be prevented from doing business in the state. The basic outcome of the agreement. So here's the nitty-gritty. In the state of North Carolina, Tesla will not be restricted in the opening of service centers. Tesla will not be restricted in the opening of galleries. In other words, the mall stores. And Tesla will not be restricted in opening up to six sales locations. So uh, they they conclude by noting, thanks to all all for the awareness that was brought to this, you made an impact that really helped the negotiations. So uh, thank you again, Roland, for that, and to no- the North Carolina Tesla Owners Group for banding together and, and helping make a difference there. And really, that's why I love doing regional stories like this in the world of Tesla, and I love to encourage people to, as I always say, politely and respectfully make your voices heard with lawmakers when opportunities to influence legislation come up like this because it absolutely can make a difference. You know, the real work for sure happens as a, as a grassroots effort, you know, state and local level. But hey, if I can help use my little megaphone here on this podcast to help get the word out and maybe get a few more people involved, I am more than happy to do that. But yeah, this is just fantastic news for Tesla owners, both present and future Tesla owners, because, Tesla, as you heard there, can now open as many service centers as they want, make sure that North Carolina Tesla owners are well cared for, and they can open as many galleries as they want, again, those are the ones that tend to be in, uh, like, shopping malls, and hey, okay, so they are capped at six full-blown sales locations, which, you know, should probably work out all right, considering that Tesla's kind of moved away from that to a degree anyway, but even still... Six in North Carolina is probably a fair number to work with for now, given the major population centers in the state. So good news there out of North Carolina. Not quite as good news out of Wisconsin. The final, I hate to end on a a bit of a sour note, but this is the, the final story I've got to share this week. So last week I told you the admittedly strange story of Wisconsin putting a measure to al- go ahead and allow tesla to sell directly to consumers in uh they put that up as part of the state budget and they were trying to win they were specifically trying to win over the the support of state senator chris kapenga who operates a business that salvages teslas and sells parts well they did indeed get senator kapenga's vote and apparently it was the deciding one because the provision passed the state senate by a 17 to 16 vote, according to the Milwaukee Journal-Sentinel. However, the governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, line item vetoed that specific Tesla thing. The governor's explanation on this, quote, I am vetoing this prozi- uh, provision, pardon me, as I object to significant changes to existing motor vehicle dealership law and the consumer protections they provide to Wisconsin occurring late in the state budget process and without the opportunity for adequate public input and debate. End quote. Hmm. He objects to significant changes to existing motor vehicle dealership law. Well, I'm sure. This is totally a coincidence. In case you can't detect the sarcasm, I'm laying it on thick right now. But it was pointed out that Governor Evers received $14,000 in campaign contributions from, you guessed it, the Wisconsin Automobile and Truck Dealers Association. Well, there's that. I don't want to get, you know... I don't want to turn this into political mudslinging, but I'll let I'll let that last statement speak for itself. But you know, ultimately, it's defeated. That stinks. Uh, hopefully, next year it will get another shot, and you know, it's uh, it, it's it, this is bad news for Tesla owners and Tesla enthusiasts. So hopefully, next year it can come up again and be done in a way that can please everybody and get signed and get done. So, sorry Wisconsin, but at least we got some good news in North Carolina. We're playing a little whack-a-mole game with the, with the uh, the states that refuse to let Tesla do business in their desired manner. You, you smack one down and and take care of it and then another one pops up, but all right. We'll keep an eye on this stuff always here on this podcast to try and again, I'm always I'm always happy to happy to help try and get the word out on these local and regional efforts that'll do it for the news this week here on this fourth of july holiday week i'll come right back stick with me plenty of great calls lined up for you in the ride the lightning hotline a lot of tesla to talk about right after this Before I get going with the Ride the Lightning hotline, a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Don't forget AbstractOcean.com offering that 15% discount for new customers. The coupon code RTL Podcast at checkout after you've got everything in your cart. Uh, they've got, reminder, they've got a ton of Tesla accessories. They mentioned sending a note that they're top sellers for, you know, if you're kind of curious, what's everybody buying? What's what's Abstract Ocean got? vinyl everything the the console wraps but also the logos the door handles uh, the charge port you can get a wrap for that so uh, all kinds of stuff there if you want to customize the interior and exterior of your car a little bit also lighting the puddle light kits if you're not familiar you can uh, very easily swap out the light on the bottom of your door when your doors are open it shines a light down you can swap that out with a kit from Abstract Ocean to do the Tesla T logo. It'll project that onto the ground like the bat signal, or you could do the Model 3 logo or S or X. So uh, you could check that out. Also tempered glass screen protectors, as well as trays custom made for the Model 3 center console. So if you need, if you want to put uh, coins in there, a lot of people like to have, have some quarters in for parking meters or whatnot. They sell those as well. So, Get everything in your cart, and then RTL Podcast, all one word, at checkout for that 15% discount. All right, so for the Ride the Lightning hotline, your time to shine, your comments, questions, discussion topics, the, uh, all the extra calls that I can't get to in the course of a week end up going into a monthly bonus episode for uh, the bonus, bonus episode tier on up on my Patreon, and there's a new one up for July. I always try to post them at the beginning of the month. So the topics this month, I'll just uh, let you know if you're interested in checking that out. Next-gen Tesla drivetrain, a possible Model 4, the backseat manual door releases for Model 3, that's been a topic here, uh, Bluetooth audio issues, referrals on Model Y, etc., etc. Callers this month, just wanna shout these people out because uh, if you're, if, if I did use your call, and you're not with me on Patreon, I will still happily give you a, a download code so you can listen to that episode and hear yourself. Because I don't want to put you behind a paywall when you were kind enough to call in. Rich from Seattle, Lawton from Chicago, Jay from LA, Daryl from San Antonio, Matt from Raleigh, Curtis from San Francisco, Travis from Oceanside, Mike from Boston, Dennis from Southern Oregon, Steve from Ocean Springs, Mike from Maryland, John from Germany, Bill from Virginia, Rex from Alameda, Brian from Minneapolis, and Julie from Montreal. So uh, check that out if you are with me on Patreon. All right, let's get to the calls now. Uh, Let me start with, actually, I'll tell you real quick, if you want to participate, please do so. You can either email a uh, recorded file using your smartphone's built-in voice recorder. Send that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's toll-free, and it's 1-888-989-8752. That's the number to dial, 1-888-989-TSLA. Uh, however you call in please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less and hey if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special the recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake if you want to learn more visit lifeonrecord.com luke from colorado is up first to talk about the tesla network with a specific purpose
1: in mind luke go ahead Hi, Ryan. This is Luke from Colorado. I love the show. I was wondering, with all this talk of Tesla Network coming up in 2020, do you think Tesla Network and just autonomous in general will have a great impact on disabled people that are not able to drive due to their impairments? Or do you think that Tesla will deny them ability to buy the cars and they will just rely on Tesla Network on their own? Because I've noticed a lot of people in my my circle who are disabled are having difficulties realizing they might not be able to leave the dream car they want due to their ailments. Just wanted to know your opinion on this. Thank you. Bye.
0: Hi Luke. Well, I confess that I'm a bit out of my depth here, but I imagine that the decision wouldn't fall to Tesla. As far as I know, because this was my experience. You have to show a valid driver's license and proof of insurance before you can purchase a Tesla, as I imagine you'd have to do with any new car. So when autonomous driving comes around and can be done without human intervention, it'll be interesting to see how regulators handle that, i.e., will disabled people who maybe wouldn't have a normal operator's license for a car be, uh issued a a certain one that where they can maybe they can operate an autonomous car, but maybe an autonomous car that that only has uh, or rather doesn't have steering controls or pedals. In other words, full level five, you know, will they even would they would the government even grant an operator's license for an autonomous car that still has a wheel and pedals? I'm not sure. Um, I'm Again, I'm far from an authority on this. But on this topic, let's hear from someone who would be impacted by this. Grant from Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. Grant, go ahead.
2: Yeah, hi, Ryan. Uh, Grant here from Vancouver, BC, Canada. Just wondering if you might know if, if Tesla has a legislative or regulatory team working with the uh, uh, USDOT or Transport Canada on advancing the regulations to support full self-driving. I was really encouraged by what I saw with uh, Autonomous Day and the advances Tesla's making, just wondering if maybe the regulatory agencies are not keeping pace with the uh, technology. Um, it's really important, uh, there's a huge market obviously with the robotaxis, uh, but also, um, I'm, you know, I'm visually impaired, I uh, lost my license my and my sight in 2014. And uh, really encouraged by the fact that a car might, my own car might actually take me to work again one day. Maybe wishful thinking, but uh, huge market for Tesla. And um, wondering if maybe uh, you had any thoughts, or your listeners might have any opinions on on where the regulatory agencies are at. Thanks. Hi, Grant. Welcome to the podcast. Well, Tesla definitely
0: has a team that keeps an eye on legislative activity around the country. And every time one of these state-specific issues pops up, uh, like a state threatening to ban the sales of cars directly to consumers, or maybe the opposite, they're considering allowing it where it had previously not been. I mean, hey, I did two stories on that (laughs) just this week. But anyway, Tesla does have people that will go in and they'll help organize and rally grassroots support and help petition lawmakers. And by the way, you can bet to your, to your question, the Tesla is absolutely on top of regulatory agencies with regard to keeping them uh, up to speed on autopilot and full self-driving. I mean, you heard Elon in the, I think it was the shareholder meeting, he, he said self-driving, autopilot, full self-driving is at the very top of Tesla's internal priority list. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Christy from Austin. Uh, Responding to a caller uh, who was looking to get rid of a lease. She's got a suggestion there. Christy, go ahead.
3: Hey, Ryan. It's Christy from Austin, Texas. I wanted to call and respond to two of your callers from last week. The first was the gentleman looking to get rid of his lease. I had great success using the website Swap A Lease, just like it sounds. I was able to get rid of our Model S lease so that we could take on a Model X instead. And it was a really painless process. They do all of the um, actual transfer with the leasing company and all the kind of legal paperwork and you just pay a fee. Uh, We were able to get rid of our S in like two weeks, which was pretty quick if you ask me. Um, so yeah, swap a lease is a great place to try and do that if you're looking to get into a newer Tesla. And then the other comment I had was on the tip, um, about using summon to open and close your garage door using the home link feature. Um, you do have to be close to your car. I tried this from my work, um, and my car was parked several blocks away in a parking garage. Um, if the app can't connect to the car, then you can't use the home link functionality. So if you wanted to do this, like if you were at work and you wanted to let someone in your garage door at home, um, it's not going to work like that. Um, I did try it from my home and, you know, you're able to open and close it when you are in proximity, but the phone does have to be able to connect to the car. Um, the other thing too is I had a multiple garage doors set up on my home link. And when you do that, it just automatically went to one of them. I'm not sure if it chooses the last one that you used or the first one you set up, but um, it opened our larger garage door. Um, so just another little thing, maybe more functionality is able to be built into the app later on. But anyways, thanks for the podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye.
0: Super helpful call here, Christy. Thank you so much. This is one of those where I have nothing to add. I just appreciate the information for everybody. Next up, a caller that did not identify himself, but takes issue with something I said with regard to cleaning the seats in the Tesla. So go ahead, anonymous caller.
2: Hey, I'm calling about the advice you gave last week regarding cleaning the seats. I think you mentioned in the owner's manual about using isopropyl alcohol. I went to the owner's manual and never saw that. I'm seeing white spills as soon as possible with warm water and non-detergent soap. And another section says using solvents including alcohol, bleach, citrus, or blah, blah, blah can cause component or cause uh, damage. So I'm not sure if you were uh, trying to peddle it, but I'm kidding. Uh I think this just might be a mistake, or maybe I'm reading a different owner's manual. Anyway, great show, and uh, let me know. Thanks. Well, sure enough, sir,
0: you are correct. It turns out that the manual has been revised and no longer says that. Here's an exact quote from a previous version of the Model X owner's manual. And, of course, the X uses the same white synthetic seat material that the S and the 3 do. Quote, For difficult stains on ultra-white seats, use isopropyl alcohol, then wipe with a damp cloth. After cleaning, allow the seats to air dry, end quote. So it it used to say that, doesn't say it anymore in the X manual or S or 3. So I suppose that I should ditch my isopropyl wipes and maybe just use the baby wipes, which is what I've been doing after the isopropyl wipes as a way to to clean off any excess alcohol and any excess alcohol little odor to it as well. So uh, thank you for calling in with that and and making me look that up and figure it out. I hope, hopefully now that clears it up for both of us. Ron from Nashville, a frequent caller. Our friend Ron is up next, responding to Nick from episode 203 about his home charging options. Go ahead, Ron.
1: Hey, Ryan, Ron from Nashville, calling about a bit calling to in response to Nick's call, episode two o three about home charging options and getting ready for an e v so uh I mean, as you know, we had um uh, a lease before our Tesla's, and with our Teslas we've had we've used everything from a one ten to a two forty to um, my blink charging unit with the adapter for the Tesla, and now the Tesla wall unit that we got. Uh, when we referred for the new uh, Model S. So um, with that said, I think sending Nick to talk to a Tesla sales rep, the only caveat with that would be they may recommend the wall unit, and a lot of people spend the money on that when they don't need to. If they just get use a 240, um, that's sufficient, in my opinion, for the Model 3. So that would be my only caveat on um, on the, the charging. Um, anyway, love the show. Uh, take care. Bye. Well,
0: Ron, you might be right, but I've got to have faith that Tesla is going to take the time with him or with any customer to guide them through all of the available options and find one that makes the most sense for each person, whether that ends up being Tesla's own wall connector or something else. But nevertheless, point taken. Thank you, Ron. always appreciate your calls. Another regular, Rich from Seattle. Let's go up there. Rich is on a road trip and wants to uh, talk about his supercharging situation. Rich, go ahead.
2: Hi, Ryan. Rich Tong from Seattle here. How are you doing? Love your show as usual. I have a quick question, maybe for the experienced travelers. Uh, We're headed from Seattle down to the Bay Area, and uh, maybe we'll get the chance to see Ryan. But... um, And looking at it, it looks like it's pretty hard to get from Eugene in Oregon, the Crater Lake, and then the Lassen, and then down again. The superchargers don't seem super well laid out. And looking at a better route plan, it looks pretty tough. So I'm just wondering if anyone else has any suggestions about Philip's strategies. We're bringing our Model X down, um, a 100D, and our Model 3 performance as well, if that's uh, some hint. Anyway, any help appreciated. Bye.
0: Well, Rich, while I do want to be careful not to turn the Ride the Lightning hotline into uh, a, a travel advice for everybody, I definitely do want to give you a constructive and hopefully useful answer. I would, that is, except for the fact that I honestly think you already gave it. You you said what I would have said. You know, you mentioned a better route and that's exactly what I would have said. I've used that before myself as well. For others that may not be familiar, a betterrouteplanner.com is a much more detailed electric car road trip planner than Tesla's own in-car navigation system. Because a better route planner takes things like elevation into account. You put in exactly which model Tesla you have, uh, and and it so it knows you know if you've got like in my case the 20-inch wheels and the and the long-range battery, the performance model so it's able to factor all that in it you know it'll know your your general average watt hours per mile your efficiency so it's a really really useful uh tool i think and it's also got stuff like details on various level 2 chargers along the way so i would highly recommend that everybody give it a look sometime rich i'm sorry to have not give you kind of a a better more productive answer than maybe you might have been really looking for. But uh, I am glad you mentioned a better route planner because I think it is useful for everybody else out there in the audience. Let me go now to Lenny in Maine, who had a very uh, interesting experience buying his Tesla. Lenny, go ahead.
1: Ryan. Hey, uh, this is Lenny from Maine. I just wanted to call and uh, uh, tell you about my adventure today. I took a train from, Maine all the way down to Virginia, and picked up uh, my new-to-me 2014 Model S. Um, We have a reservation for a Y, and, you know, it's going to be a couple years, so we wanted to pick up um, something, you know, to, you know, get us in the family. So we found a near-mint 2014 Model S in Virginia, and I made the trip down. Um, So really, first time ever really driving a Model S for a long distance, and uh, hey, wow, it's so easy. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast, and uh, thank you for uh, helping us make the, the, the final decision to become part of the family.
0: Well, Lenny, congratulations. I'm glad that I could be of help to you, and I'm really glad that the car is treating you well so far. Uh, that is definitely the best way to tide yourself over until that Model Y reservation is ready to be fulfilled for you. So thanks so much for sharing your experience with me. couple more calls here. Let's go to Jeff in Santa Clarita calling in about Summon. Go ahead, Jeff.
2: Hey, Ryan. Jeff from Santa Clarita, California. Uh, you and I have a similar situation where Summons doesn't work too well in our driveways because of the slope or how steep they are. Um, when I first got my performance model three, I was able to summons out of my garage, but I was not able to summons up and into my garage. I tried it recently and it worked fine. I've tried it again a few more times and it seems to work perfectly. So I wanted to have other people t- test it and try it out. See if summons has updated since maybe one of the latest software updates. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Keep it up. Jeff, thanks for calling in with
0: this. I wanted to play this call to encourage other people who may have similarly given up on summon at their home to go ahead and give it another try to see if maybe Tesla indeed has stealthily pushed updates to the feature to make it a little bit better as it appears to have uh, been the case for Jeff. Sadly, a summon will probably never work for me uh, at least not coming out of my garage because I'm I'm on a hill. I got a tight San Francisco street. The way I got to like turn the car as much as I can and wiggle, kind of wiggle out. It's it's a whole, you know, I don't want to complain too much because I'm very lucky to <laughs> have a Tesla at all to back out of a, a driveway even if it's a difficult uh, exit. But anyway, um, you know, I, I, I might, you know, now that I think about it though, It could be useful going in to my garage. I'll have to try it again, maybe going in, see if that helps. But uh, anyway, take care, Jeff. Thank you so much for that call. And the final call this week, the honor goes to Thomas in Columbia, Maryland, uh, calling in with regard to a Model Y question. Thomas, go ahead.
1: Hey, Ryan, this is Thomas from Columbia, Maryland with a quick question. What existing crossover vehicle does the Model Y most closely resemble? I recently saw a BMW X4 and I wondered to myself, is that what a Model Y would look like? I know you've seen it and you've ridden in it, so you, hopefully, can give us an idea. On a separate note... I have been listening to you for a while, and I used to listen to other Tesla podcasts, but because of your consistency and your predictability, you're the only one to which I still listen. You're the preeminent podcast out there on the subject of Tesla. Thanks for everything you do for the community.
0: Thomas, thank you very much for those kind words. That really means a lot. Now, after you saying that, I feel bad not having a great answer for you. You said such nice things there, but I confess that I don't know the crossover world very well because I presume that you're asking about the size and dimensions as opposed to just what does it look like? Because certainly in the looks department, the Y obviously looks a lot like the Model 3, but with a hatchback. Unfortunately, with regard to its its size and di- its cargo dimensions and its exterior dimensions, all Tesla has released so far is one cargo dimension figure, the maximum of uh, cu- 66 cubic feet of cargo space. But what I can tell you is that the Model Y is based off of the same platform as the Model 3, so it should be the same length and width as the model 3 it'll be taller a decent bit taller actually it uses the same tires and wheels we know that for sure but i have to say i'm just not sure how it compares to other crossovers with regard to those exterior dimensions which we just don't know the exact specifications of so hope that helped a little bit i know it probably wasn't exactly what you were looking for but we'll have to wait a little while to learn that information about the Model Y. But thanks, Thomas, for calling in. Thanks to all of you who called in. again And again, I uh, strongly encourage you to call in if you feel so inclined. Be part of the podcast here. Send in your Tesla questions, comments, discussion topics. I told you how at the top of this segment. So keep those calls a-coming, and we'll get to them again next week. Be right back with... Uh, the update on what I've been doing with my car as well as a pro tip of the week and then we'll get on out of here right after this well I finally cleaned my car it's been a couple weeks it felt good to get down there and do that. It's an excellent long holiday weekend activity, in my humble opinion. I have to say, I love doing it. I do love cleaning my car. It's, it's almost therapeutic for me. It honestly makes me feel good to do it. And I have to say as well, I'm so, so glad that Immaculate Reflections ceramic coated my wheels, as well as, of course, the rest of the car. It's just part of the package that he does. Because the ceramic coating on the wheels... When you combine that with the fact that Teslas get a whole lot less brake dust thanks to regenerative braking means that my wheels, when I clean them, they just, they look showroom new after a proper cleaning. It's just, I love it. It's fantastic. So if you're getting your car ceramic coated wherever you're getting it done, if that's a thing you decide to do in the detailing department, I highly recommend asking your detailer to do the wheels for you as well. Now I do... There are always a couple little things that annoy me when I clean the the Model 3. The main one is that water gets down into the doors, you know, down through the window channels, and it just stays down in there for a good couple days so that, like, the car can sit, I can clean it, and then it just sits, and then the, the next day I'll come out, and if I roll that window down and then roll it back up, it's just the the windows just covered in streaks of water, and I gotta dry it real quick, or else it'll it'll dry that way with the streaks in it. So I don't know if that's just my car, if mine just has lousy water sealing in it. Like, but yeah, that's that's probably my biggest nitpick about cleaning the car. Um, it do does the the bottom channel of the. Uh, along the bottom of the doors that tends to have water dripping out of it for a while too that tends to be tough to get it to be totally dry but otherwise it's it is it's just fun to wash i enjoy cleaning it it just makes me feel good and then when it's done it just looks so nice and i'm so happy now speaking of cleaning your tesla here is a pro tip on that very subject from carrie in whittier california
1: Hi, Ryan. It's uh, Carrie from Whittier, California, and I've got a pro tip for you listeners. If you like to uh, take care of the cleaning of your Tesla and you like to apply tire dressing, there's the inherent problem of applying the dressing to the lowest part of the tire because the ground gets in the way. Well, I have a solution that Tesla solves for us. Simply apply the tire dressing to all four tires from the 9 p.m. to the 3 p.m. position and up. Then stand off to the side and use Summon to roll the car exactly half a tire revolution, either forward or backward, and then you can finish applying the dressing to the uh, remainder of the tire. Hope that helps. Cheers. Thanks for all you do, Ryan.
0: That is an excellent tip, Carrie. I have to say I've definitely done that one myself as well. So appreciate you calling in with that. And that brings us just about to the end of another podcast. I want to mention a few things that may be of use to you first. Uh, Jada, they've got a new product. So there's the wireless charging pad for your Qi-compatible wireless uh, charging phone. You know, most of the new iPhones, most of the new Androids will do that now. And again, it's uh, the, the new version of it that they're selling now is launch proof you can stomp it in a performance model 3 and the phone will not go flying which is great so um i definitely recommend that i've had a good experience with mine so their new product which they'd sent me one to test out uh, like a prototype and then had to send it back and they are they're kindly going to be sending me one so disclosure they're they're kindly sending one over but i can tell you based on my experience from the prototype that I think it's uh, it's reasonably useful. So it's a USB hub. And you might think, well, what's special about that? Uh, so what's cool about this one is that it fits flush against the back wall of the center console so that it basically, um, A, looks stock. It looks factory, which, as you guys know, I love that. But what's really neat about it is it's got a couple of usb uh, regular usb ports and then it's got two usb c ports on it and there is a sort of a dummy door that's it's like it's a little panel that's held on by like these light little magnets so if you press on it that's how you can get the panel off but it just it looks flush and behind that magnetized door panel is another usb port where that's where you can put your sentry mode USB stick so that if someone did break into your car which hopefully will not happen and someone were to dig in there going oh I'm just gonna take this take the guy's USB take this person's USB thing out so they don't have the footage of it then uh, it's it's not that it's impossible to get at but the person's gonna reach around in there and they're not gonna find a USB stick, because it's hidden behind this compartment so um, that's what i think is most useful about it it's 79 dollars for this but again you know it's one of those things where you buy it once and you'll never buy it again for the life of the car Uh, so i i would say if you want to grab one go for it two things one same thing where uh, i don't have a discount code hold that thought for a second But uh, if you would be kind enough to use my referral link, they throw me a couple bucks on a referral if you buy one with my link. So if you want either the wireless charging pad and or the USB hub, please use this link, getjada.com. That's G-E-T-J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. However... I do have a ten dollar discount code for one of you. Just the first person to use this. I'm sorry, like I don't, I don't know of a better. I'm just gonna put it out there, and the first person that uses it gets to use it because uh, they sent Jada sent all of their existing customers, and I know I'd bought the the Jada Pad originally, so I got it. I got my own customer discount code which I'm not going to be using since Jade is kindly sending me a USB hub. So one of you out there, first person to use this can get 10 bucks off. And that code is the number eight. And then the letters F as in Frank, I E as in Edward, uh, and then lowercase. O, the number six, the number nine, the letter Y, the letter P as in Peter, the letter C as in Charlie, the number eight and the letter I. So that's good for $10 off the new USB hub for the Model 3. Uh, Sorry, that was a long plug, but a lot of information to get in there. Uh, You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet me at DMC underscore Ryan. That is also my Instagram uh, handle, DMC underscore Ryan. And, ah, Immaculate Reflections, detailing work here in the Bay Area. I love Jeff... Uh, he has taken such great care of me and my car. So if you're taking delivery in the Bay Area or you're going to be nearby and with your car and you want to get it in and, and get it some serious detailing love, whether that's paint correction, paint protection film, uh, whether it's a just a good old clay bar wash and wax, like a deep detailed cleaning uh, or ceramic coating, which I was talking about earlier, Immaculate Reflections can do all of that for you and work within your budget and your your wish list. So check him out at irdetailing.com. And a reminder that he's offering, Jeff there is offering a deal right now for listeners of this show, $100 off any ceramic coating or paint protection film package. But if you do a full body paint protection film, it's $250 off. So again, irdetailing.com for more info there. Uh, Patreon. I am on Patreon if you see fit to support me there. There's early access at a certain tier. You move up, there's the extra monthly bonus episode as well as the early access. You move up from there, you get all that plus your name shouted out, etc, etc. It's how Patreon's set up. So if you're curious about any of that, you think, "Maybe I like this Ryan guy, maybe I want to support his efforts, you can learn more at my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And that, I think... Oh, I always forget this. If you have a chance, subscribe to the podcast, because that means... The show delivers itself to you every week, and you don't have to go seek it out. It's totally free. There's no money-changing hands there. Subscribing just means it delivers to you. You can do that on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, or TuneIn, which is in your Tesla, remember, so you can, you can get the uh, podcast in your car spotify i'm also on youtube but again it's no video it's just the audio syndicating to youtube so check out the show however you best see fit for yourself okay patreon producers the last call here i can't let the show end without shouting out the wonderful folks who support me at the patreon producer tier let me go back to front this time because I haven't done that in a while. So thank you so much for your support to the following people Charlie Gillespie, Aaron Appleby, Matthew Wright, John Cody, Chris Konesnik, Lambert Lee, Larry Lynch, Ron Lee, My Tesla Adventure, Rob Brewer, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Josh, Jeremy, Daniel Grummer, Michael Waddle, Luxendary.com, Dorian Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Bill Royko, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salais, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Peter Chalet, uh, Lawton from Chicago, Lars Hoffman, Marcus Mayenschein, Tim Hyde, Joe Edgel, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Para, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, and DJ Harbaugh. Thanks to all of you so, so much for your continued support. And thanks to all of you for listening. Just you listening means a lot. When I started this show, uh, again, it's been almost four years. I was thinking about this on the dog walk with Daisy today. The first episode got uh, it, it it blew my expectations away. I just, I had no expectations. Like, well, maybe like a hundred people find it. Like a thousand people downloaded the first ever episode. And now just about four years later, it's so far past that. And I got to interview Elon and now I've got a model three. And it's just this ride. These first four years of doing this podcast has just been incredible. I think I'll, I'll spare you anymore for now. I think on the actual anniversary show, which is whatever the sh- whatever the first show of August will be the four-year anniversary. I'll probably reminisce a little bit more from there. Uh, but for now, I just want to say thank you to all of you who listen. Again, whether, you know, I know a lot of you, maybe this is your fifth episode or sixth episode since you might've started at episode 200 with the Elon interview. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for giving this podcast a try. Or maybe some of you, I, I know there are plenty of you that, that this is your, well, actually more than your 205th episode, because I've done a couple of uh, bon- like extra episodes. It's been, again, it's been fun. I just appreciate your support. It really means a lot. Time is the most valuable commodity that we have and that you would choose to spend an hour of it or more each and every week with me, it, uh, I, the, the, the significance of that is not lost on me. So thank you all so much. So for a uh, hungry Daisy, the boxer puppy, it is her dinner time. I've got to get her fed. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was ride the lightning episode 205. I'll be back next week to talk more about the world of Tesla with you until then happy electric motoring.
2: I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. (laughs) That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment, mm. make its maximum fun.